I, uh, I feel to preach on 2 Corinthians chapter 3. God is saying something about this in these times. And uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if we've ever really seen what 2 Corinthians chapter 3 is about. And I don't even know if, if, I, if I can fully see it. It is so rich, that, that chapter. It is so rich. And there are so many layers of revelation and truth in that chapter. And I hope to just bring out some today. I just want to share what I feel God has been putting on my heart concerning this chapter. I'm not going to go through the whole chapter and try to exposit it. I want to keep it simple today. I want to um, uh, just read three scriptures, three verses, and make three points, three major points about these verses. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. It says, Who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. The letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. The letter kills. It kills. The letter kills. The letter, it kills. But the Spirit, the Spirit it gives life. I don't know why so many people persist to try to put the church back under the letter. Because the letter kills. We're not called to as ministers of the letter. We're called as ministers of the new covenant. And what is the new covenant? It's the spirit of life. The new covenant is the spirit of life. It's not the letter. For the letter kills. What is the letter? Because many people say, well, I don't preach the Ten Commandments to, you know, uh, we, we, you know we, we, don't, we, we believe that, yes, of course, we're not under the Ten Commandments. We don't have to, you know, keep the Ten Commandments in order to be saved. And, you know, we, we, don't, we don't put our congregation or people under the Ten Commandments. We know that. But, there's, but this is speaking about the letter here. The letter has to do, do you know what the letter is? Do you know what the letter is that kills? It's a system of performance. It's performance-based Christianity. That's what the letter is. Where you try to perform to please God, where you try to perform to earn His blessings, where you try to perform to earn His love. Anytime people try to put you under performance in order to earn God's love, to earn His blessings, to avoid His punishment, to avoid His curse, that is the letter. I'm telling you right now. We're, call, we're called to something far greater than the letter. We have something far greater than performance than the letter. We have the Spirit. We have the power of the Spirit in us. Amen? <laughs> All right, let's turn to verse 17. Corinthians 2, verse, chapter 3, verse 17. Actually, I'll, I'll read it out to you if you want, but if you've got your Bibles, great. You're there. It says, Now the Lord is that Spirit. I'm reading in the King James. Because the, the NRV, I, I just think it misses the point with this scripture. It actually, it doesn't pick up... Uh, the, the, the concept and what, what the scripture is actually trying to say. But verse 17 says, Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, 
with open face, beholding as in a glass or a mirror, the New King James says mirror, but we all with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. I just want to bring up three points about these scriptures. The first thing is the new way of the spirit versus the old way of the letter. We have come into, as new covenant believers, as born again believers, we've come into the new way of the spirit and we've been released from the old way of the letter. The old way of performance, the old way of trying to earn, the old way of being motivated by blessings or curse. That's the letter. That's, that's what the letter is. It's a motivation that is put on you either by blessings, do this, do this, do this, you'll be blessed, or don't do, th- do this, do that, and you'll be, or you'll be cursed. Don't do this, don't do this, otherwise you'll be cursed. That is the letter. That is, that's what we used to be in before we got saved. That is old covenant. That is before salvation. That is before people had the power of the Spirit inside of them. The new way of the Spirit is the new covenant. The new covenant is the way of the Spirit, the power of the Spirit. I'm not just talking about the Holy Spirit. When you, when you read the scriptures about the Spirit, it's talking about a new way of, of, yes, the Holy Spirit, but also the power of your reborn spirit where he comes inside of you and he makes you alive and your spirit comes alive to God. Your spirit is united with Christ. Your spirit goes to sit in heavenly places and your spirit becomes complete in Christ and your spirit receives fullness in Christ and your spirit becomes part of the new creation in Christ and the power of the spirit inside of your spirit living from within and expressing itself outward. That is the new way of the Spirit. Let me quickly read Romans chapter 7, verse 6 to you. It says, But now we are delivered from the law. We are delivered from the law. We are delivered from the law. That being dead, wherein we were held, we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Before we were dead to God under the law that held us as prisoners. But then the, the Spirit of God came and made us alive. And our re, now we live by the Spirit, the new way hey, of the Spirit and not the old way of the letter. Corinthians 2 Corinthians 3 verse 17 says, Now the Lord is that Spirit. It's actually referring to the, first, the verse before where it says, Nevertheless, when, it shall, when the heart shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now the Lord is that Spirit. Whenever, when anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is that Spirit, the Spirit that takes away the veil. The veil removing Spirit. Now the Lord is that Spirit... And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Do you ever ask yourself the question, why liberty? Why did it use the word liberty? Why does it say liberty? Liberty from what? Liberty is liberation. We've been liberated. What have we been liberated from? We've been liberated from the law. We've been liberated from the letter. 
We've been liberated from performance-based Christianity. Galatians 3 verse 3 says that we were held prisoners by the law, locked up until faith could be revealed. Now that faith has come, we are no longer prisoners. We're no longer slaves to that old system. You're going to see something here today. I'm telling you. People say, oh no. Actually, let me just say this. Okay, the, the law and that performance-based Christianity, the letter that so many strive under, that heavy yoke that so many people strive under, the entanglements, Hebrews 12, that we are told to throw off. What are the entanglements? People say, oh, it's sin. No, it's not. It's the letter. It's the letter of the law. They tangle your feet up and they stop you from running the race of faith. Throw off the sin of unbelief in the finished work of Christ and, and run the race of faith. The law performance, it is external. It's on the outside trying to get in. It's trying to tell us how we should live. It's external motivation trying to tell us how we should live, trying to move Christians. So many people try to move Christians, try to move you, try to move me, try to move people out there. They try to move us by performance-based Christianity. They try to move us and say, if you do this, then God's going to bless you. Oh, okay, that's a good reason why to do that, so that I can be blessed. Or if you do that, God's going to punish you. Ooh, I better not do that, otherwise God's going to punish me. You know how inferior that is? We don't do stuff for those reasons. We do stuff because of the Spirit of God living on the inside of us, the nature of God on the inside of us. I don't give in order to get. Sorry, but I just don't. I give because I have my Father's heart, and He is very generous, and, and He looks after me. I don't preach a farming gospel. I preach the gospel of Jesus, the finished work of the cross. The Spirit is internal. It's the life of God from the inside out. Ooh, I can see some lights coming on. This is good. This is good. People say, oh no. If we take the law of Christians, they're going to run wild and go crazy. They're just going to go and sin, man. They're going to get passive. They're not going to want to come to church. They're not going to want to read their Bible. You've got to put a little bit of, you know, fear into them. Fear-based Christianity. So if we take the law of them and we take up some of that performance, then then what? I'll tell you then what. Then the power of the Spirit can have a chance to manifest through their life. <laughs> Get the have-tos of Christians and you'll start to see the want-tos coming up. Amen? we got something far greater than the law. we got something far greater than the letter. We've got a new spirit. We've got the new way of the spirit. We've got the life of God inside of us expressing His nature out and through us. Amen? A lot of preachers are scared of grace, 
if you preach this kind of grace, our congregation will run wild. That's because half of their congregation are not even saved. Because the church is using entertainment for evangelism rather than preaching the gospel. And we, and we make our services all exciting, goosebumps, and, and we make the music just the, the best, awesome. And we keep the service short and the preaching is short. And we make it everything that appeals to the entertainment of, of people, of unsaved people. There's a lot of unsaved people in church because it's like a fun, cool club to come to church. It's, you know, they live their boring life during the week at work, going to the grind. And then, wow, there's this exciting place on Sunday where I hear a motivating sermon and the lighting is awesome and the big screens. And, and I'm not against those things. But I'm saying if we're using those as our form of evangelism, then we're using entertainment to get people just into our buildings rather than preaching the gospel. And so that means that congregations are filled with unsaved people. I'm not, I'm not critical here. Just saying, yes, if you preach full-blown grace in those places, people will use it as a license to sin. <laughs> But when you've got born-again people, people with the Spirit of God on the inside of them, the new nature, and you preach grace, I tell you, grace is the Spirit covenant, and it causes their spirit to come alive and to get excited and to want to live for God. When you put the letter on people, it takes them into the flesh, takes them into the mind realm. It moves them into the flesh and into that performance realm. The more you're preaching the letter, the more you're preaching performance, the more you're getting people into the flesh. The more they're going to sin, the more they're going to get passive, the more they're going to feel like they've fallen short of God, the more they're going to feel far from God, the more they're going to run from God. You preach grace, full-blown grace, and you'll see the spirit of born-again believers coming alive, getting excited, and living for God. Oh, that's, you guys just preach greasy grace. Amen. If your grace isn't greasy, then you're not preaching grace. (laughs) Grace is very greasy. Jesus is the olive tree. And we are engrafted into the olive tree. And we enjoy the nourishing sap that comes from the root. And it produces fruit in our life. Olives, fruit of the Spirit. What do you get from olives? Golden, greasy oil. Extra virgin grace. (laughs) Amen. Grace is very greasy because it's the spirit. Amen. What is the spirit? He's the the anointing. That olive oil of the old covenant. What is that a type of? It's the Holy Spirit. The power of the spirit. The power of the new way. My second point is that the glory of God in this context, I believe, is speaking about the image of God. Now, you guys are going to have to listen to this, all right? This, to me, this is amazing. God's been showing me some stuff here. I would say that it borders on heresy. (laughs) That's what it feels like to my mind because I've been told things a certain way for for long. I've, I've come to conclusions about things. That's why we need the Spirit of God to reveal His truth to us. Amen? 
Verse 17 says, Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. No longer under the supervision of the law. No longer in the constraints of the law. Now we're free. Ooh, that's dangerous. No, it's not, because the Spirit of God is in us, and He walks, and we walk in His liberty. We walk in His power. And it says, But we all, with open face, means... He's removed the veil. He's removed the letter, that performance-based thinking. When you have performance-based thinking, you cannot see the glory of God. You cannot see the image of Christ when that veil covers your mind. But, but when that thing is removed, then with open face, we see, with open face beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory. I believe when it's speaking about the glory here, it's speaking about the image of God. All that is His. All that is His image. All that is His being. Because it says, when we behold the glory, then we're changed into the same image. When we behold that image, we're changed into the same image. Do you understand that? When we behold, when we see his glory with unveiled face, when we see him through eyes of grace, through eyes of faith, then we are changed into that same image. When we see him, we're transformed. It says from glory to glory. I believe that means first your spirit, then later on at glorification, your body. Our body, our spirit is first instantly transformed. The moment we see him, the moment we have faith in Jesus, we are born again. Amen? We are born again. No one can see the kingdom unless they are born again. The moment we have faith in Jesus, the miracle of regeneration takes place in our spirits. Our spirits are united with Christ, come alive in Christ, and are seated in heavenly place in Christ, united with Christ, hidden with Christ, all that stuff. Colossians 2 verse 10 all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form in Christ and you have been, past tense, given fullness in Christ. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Your, your body is not a new creation. Your mind is not a new creation. Your spirit is a new creation. Your, your body is still subject to the frustration of this world, right? Your body one day is going to come into the new creation. Yeah? Your body is still a part of the old creation order, the fallen order. But your spirit is a part of the new creation order. Your spirit is exactly now how it's going to be in eternity. When, you, when your body dies, you've got to be with God. Nothing is going to change in your spirit. God's not going to have to take out the sinful nature. God's not going to have to take out sin and impurity. Your spirit has already become Christ-like. It's already been transformed into that same image of Christ. I am telling you. (laughs) In Jesus' name, I am telling you. When you die, nothing will change in your spirit. Your spirit now is perfect. He says, Hebrews 10 verse 14, By one sacrifice he has made perfect forever them that are sanctified. He's made them perfect forever. You've been made perfect. Your spirit has been made perfect forever. Amen. That happened when we saw him with eyes of faith. And one day at glorification, you can read about it in 
Hebrews, uh, sorry, 1 Corinthians 15, that when he appears, then those that are dead will rise. Those that are dead in Christ will rise. And we who are still alive will be changed in the twinkling of an eye to be like him. That's what it says. We'll be made like him. That's our bodies. Spirits are already like him. But our bodies, that's glorification. All right. Okay, now the, the good stuff's starting to come now, all right? When we see him, we are transformed into his glorious image. The glorious image of Christ. But check this out, all right? Why does it say a mirror? But we all with open face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are changed into that same image from glory to glory. What does it say, a mirror? So when we look at God, it's like looking into a mirror. So when we see that glorious, the glory of God, I mean the full glory of God, the image of God, the beauty of Christ, when we look into that awesome, glorious image, it's like looking into a mirror because then we see what we have become. I don't, know if, I don't think you got that. <laughs> Did you get that? When you see him, when you see him with unveiled face, without performance-based thinking, when you see him through grace eyes, through faith, when you see his glorious image, then you see who you have become. Adam was created in the likeness of God, but then he sinned and he fell short of the glory of God. I believe it's speaking about the image of God. He was created in the image of God and he sinned and he fell short of the glory. He fell short of that image of God. So mankind has fallen short. We've all sinned and fallen short of the image of God. Now, I believe God's ultimate intent is that we would be transformed into his own image. Before the fall, we were created in the image of God. After God transformation, we become the very image of God. I'm not talking about that we become divine, okay? I'm not saying that. There will always be that creator-creation distinction, okay? We'll always be the created ones. God will always be the creator. So I'm not saying that we become divine, but it's, it's been his original intent from the beginning that we would become his glorious image. John 17, Jesus speaks about, you know, Father, I pray that they would be in me. They would be one with me as I am one with, with the Father and that together we can all be one. And I have given them the glory that you have given me. And at the end of the age, when we will come into glorification, the doctrine of glorification, okay, that we, we, everyone talks about becoming Christ-like, becoming Christ-like. Yes, you have become Christ-like, the image of God. See, in our minds, we think, no, 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 if I perform and I'm holy and I try really hard, then, my, you know, then I'm becoming more Christ-like. What an insult to the Spirit. What an insult to the cross. Man can never become Christ-like in, their own, in his own efforts. 
What an absolute insult to think that our performance can make us Christ-like. There is only one thing that can make us Christ-like, and that is the Spirit of God regenerating us on the inside, transforming us, because it says, and this by the Spirit, who is the Lord. It's not by the letter. Amen. Give the Lord a clap. Amen. Adam was made in the likeness of God. God didn't want us in his likeness. He wanted us of his likeness. Not a similar image, but the same image. (laughs) This is too full on for our minds. That's why he has that's why he shines the glory into our hearts. That's where we believe from. The heart is our believer, our belief center. He shines his glory to help us believe this message. Adam was created in the likeness of God, yet in his own righteousness. Adam was created in his own righteousness. That's why when he sinned, he became unrighteous. That was the fall. God didn't want us in the likeness. That, that same thing. God didn't want us like Adam. The whole thing is to show us that God doesn't want to relate to mankind through his righteousness, through man's righteousness. The whole thing is to show us that God wants to relate to mankind and have a relationship with mankind through his own righteousness, God's righteousness, the gift of righteousness. That's why when we get saved, he gives us his gift of righteousness and then we relate to him through that gift of righteousness. Amen? We've become the image of God and the righteousness of God. We've become (sighs) Christ-like. I'm enjoying myself. (laughs) I just want to make sure there's some things that I just want to make sure I say. When we see Him We see what we've become. The same image. I just want to read it to you again. But when we all but we all with open face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image, the same image, the same image. image of Christ is glorious. It's beautiful. Amen? You have become that same image. You have become beautiful. (laughs) Glorious in Christ. Everything that Christ is, we've become like that. Amen? All right. Now, this is what I actually really want to say. (laughs) Because my third point, our identity is found in the image of God. Our identity is not found in our performance. It is not found in our morality. It is not found in our past experiences. 
It is not found in the bad things that have happened to us in the past. And it is not found in the good things that we've done in the past. Those have got nothing to do with our identity. Our identity is found in the image of God. And when we see him, we're looking into a mirror and we see ourselves, we see our true identity. Amen? Amen. He is righteous. He is lovable. You are righteous. You are lovable. That is your identity. Worthy. Worthy. Beautiful. Clean. Acceptable. Pleasing. This is your identity. That's why it says, Arise, shine, for the glory has come. It doesn't say shrink back in shame and try to hide. Because that's what the letter does. That's what performance does. It makes us feel like we've fallen short of the glory of God. Grace shows us, haha, we have not fallen short anymore because He has brought us into Himself. He's brought us into His glorious image and we are recreated in Christ Jesus. And now we are we receive that same, we're transformed into that same image. No longer are we falling short of the glory of God. We are in the glory of God, in the image of God. Amen? Got like a million things running through my mind at the same time. Our identity is not based, the Holy Spirit is going to do a, a, something here this morning, I'm telling you. A liberty. There's, I just felt him saying there's chains over some people's souls where you've attached events and things in your life to your identity. And he's going to come today and he's going to smash those chains. Our identity is not based in our performance of the letter, whether good or bad. Some people have been abused in the past, whether physical, whether emotional, whether sexually. sexually. There's been abuse in the past, some, perhaps people have verbally abused you and they've shouted at you and they've spoken evil at you and they've crushed your soul. And it may have been a parent, it may have been a brother, it may have been someone at work or a loved one or a friend or even some stranger. But they've spoken words over you that have crushed your soul and something happened in that abuse. Somehow you believed that you weren't worthy to be loved and the hate that they had towards you, you thought you deserved it because you felt worthless. You started to believe that you were worthless and deserved that abuse. And, you've, and the rejection of that just caused defense mechanisms inside of you. And so there's like this defensiveness and there's, there's, there's like a prison around you. Some people have been physically abused, beat up, it's amazing you hear the testimony of some people like all through school you hear, they just got beat up just got beat up all the time bullies people just beating them up something gets inside of your psyche it's like you just want to go and say all right here i am beat me up because you start believing that you're not someone of worth that you're someone that needs to be beaten up and 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 you start owning that rejection you start believing you're someone that's re- rejectionable if that's such a word and then you start attaching that to your identity. That becomes your identity. I'm someone that no one loves. I'm someone that no one cares about. I'm someone that people just want to beat up. Maybe because I'm ugly. I'm ugly. My identity is I'm ugly. Or I'm overweight. 
or there's this, there's that in my life, and that has become my identity. Maybe it's been sexual abuse, molestation, or, or being raped. This is real. This happens to people. These are things that ought never to happen. How does a little child process being molested? And especially by a loved one, someone that should love them, someone that should protect them. How is a little three, four-year-old supposed to process that? They, they got to throw up defenses. They've got to guard and protect themselves. They've got to not trust people. And they grow up with, with those chains, that rejection. And they start to, f- and they, f- they, they, it becomes their identity. I am someone that's not worthy of being protected. I'm someone that is rejected, that no one loves. And so they walk around as an adult, as, as, a, as a molested person. And God says, that is not your identity. You are not a molested person. Look and see me because when you see me, it's like looking into a mirror and you see what you have become. You'll see your identity. You are Christ-like. You have that glorious image. And yes, you may have been molested. Yes, you may have been abused. Yes, things may have happened to you. But those are not your identity. Your identity is found in the glorious, beautiful image of Christ. You may struggle with different kinds of sin or addictions, different kinds of problems and issues. And you just see yourself as that, that's your identity. Well, I'm just that person. God says, no, you're not. See, when you see yourself like that, you kind of rise and shine. You can't because you're embarrassed. You feel dirty. You feel unworthy. You feel undeserving. You can't arise with boldness. You can't arise and shine with boldness. <laughs> God wants to just break those chains today, I'm telling you. He wants to break those chains that are chaining us to that identity. Because we have an identity, but there's like chains trying to, trying to, trying to, wrap itself around our true identity and trying to attach themselves to our true identity. God wants to come and rip those chains off us today. People feel restricted, inhibited. The core issue, I'm telling you, is identity. Your identity in Christ. Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. He's the spirit of freedom. It's the new way of the new covenant the spirit of liberty and he's the spirit of sonship and he comes to testify that we are sons of God not going to be not have to try to be but we are we are sons of God Jesus the first fruit and we are sons of God we have that glorious image now I tell you the spirit of God is coming today to break some chains in Jesus name Amen. Lorene, this morning, she came up to me before I preached and she said, I just feel like prophetically there's some, God wants to minister to some people today that feel boxed in. 
but he's not going to come and try to, um, I forget exactly what you said, like he's not going to try to come and get us, he'll smash the boxes, but he's going to come and show us who we are and, and by the power of his spirit, it's going to come and break things off our life. Is that, that's what you said? And I said, that's wonderful. Because before the meeting, I was praying, God, how do we administer this? There's some chains that need to be broken here. There's, there's people need to, like there's some veils that need to be lifted or people's eyes. And we need to see him through grace lenses, through grace eyes, through spiritual eyes, not through law, of, law and letter eyes, not through performance eyes, but through spiritual eyes. We need to see him. And when we see him, I tell you, it's going to change something in us. We're going to see our identity. Amen. And I said, God, I don't know how to administer this at the end. And, and before I said anything to Loreen, she came up with the word, told me the word. And she said, I feel like we need to do a fire tunnel. <laughs> and I feel like, and she said, I feel like that thing is going to happen when you're doing a fire tunnel. And on the inside, I'm like, yay, exciting. Like, yes, God is speaking. God just, God showed me and God showed Loreen. And so we're going to make a fire tunnel here. And we're going to send some people through. And God is going to minister and heal. And this is not a time to be embarrassed. This is not a time to be self-conscious. This is a time of the Spirit. This is a time of freedom. This is, this is a time of coming into our new identity. Coming into our full identity. I mean, we, we have that identity, but it got covered up. And we didn't see it. And, and, and when we don't see it, then we don't live in it. We don't arise and shine and live in it. But when we see it, we can have boldness. In fact, there's a verse in 2 Corinthians 3 that says, Since we have such hope, we speak openly and very boldly. That's wonderful. The new way of the Spirit is not a way of closet and hiding and secret and darkness. The new way of the Spirit is the spirit of, is light and, and it's boldness because we're not... Our confidence does not come from Him. I mean, from us. It comes from Him. Our qualification, He has made us competent as ministers of the new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. He has made us competent. It's not us that competent ourselves, that make that qualify ourselves. It's, it's not us. It's Him. He has qualified us as ministers of the new covenant to arise and to shine. And we don't rise and shine on the basis of our performance. We rise and shine on the basis of his image that is in us. All right, and that means that it doesn't matter what we do. <laughs> when you've got the spirit in you and he's living out through you, you don't have to be scared of what you're going to do and not do. You don't have to be scared and try to control other Christians and scared of what they're going to do and not do. Stop trying to get Christians doing stuff and stop not doing stuff. Teach them about the Spirit. Teach them about their image, who they really are. Show them that they've become that glorious image. Amen? Amen. this is Ryan and I hope you enjoyed this message if so I want to encourage you to consider partnering with New Nature Ministries and help us take this gospel further as a thank you gift you'll receive a free e-copy of all my books to find out how you can partner with us and to get more great content just head over to newnatureministries.org and may his peace bless you in every way